Hey, all you beautiful souls, and welcome to the Eat, Pray, Slay podcast. My name is Shalane Carter. I'm your host. I'm also a personal trainer, yoga teacher, meditation guide, and spiritual leader. This podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wellness, yoga, and spirituality, and really learning to break through limitations and open yourself and your spirit up to receiving all the abundance the universe has to offer. Each week, along with myself and many other awesome guests, you'll begin to expand your knowledge and insight on how to level up and step into your highest self. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back, everyone, to the Eat, Pray, Sleep podcast. My name is Shalene Carter. I'm your host, and we're doing a little solo cast today. Um, I feel like sometimes the best ones are kind of off the cuff. I never really... I actually never (laughs) write like a script or even really specific talking points. Sometimes I do if I interview people. Um, But for the most part, a lot of what I share is just my experience, what I felt. And um, there's a a large part of my story that I think um, I've shared bits and pieces, but um, have really been, mm, I don't know if scared is the right word, Um, hesitant, I think, to share. Um, not because of really fear of judgment, to be completely honest, or what other people will think, or but that I feel like there is um, a part of me that likes to keep a lot of things private. Um, I'm just not a you would honestly never know it talking to me in person. Um, I'm just, I'm pretty, you would think I was very extroverted, very open. I talk about a lot of things, but things that are really meaningful to me, um, I have a tendency to not share. And so one of those things is around sexuality and around a shame and a lot of my history with that. Um, a little background story is I am have been for a long time a single parent of two children. Um, both of my children have different um, dads and I was literally a single parent from almost conception um, for both of them to be honest Um, and not conception um, a couple months in but details Um, and part of that is when I look back at my history and when I hear so many other, specifically women, but also men, share about their history with sex and their history with um, intimacy and relationships and things of that nature, it, it keeps being brought to my attention that I need to kind of share some of my story because I think um, a lot of people can not only relate to it, oh, I feel like a little teary-eyed coming on, which I... It's funny because I feel like I've actually, in person, I talk about the story a lot. I don't share it often on the internet or, you know, places that, like this, where it could kind of live forever. Um, so um, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of my, my background and my history. Um, I was born to um, a single mother. Um, she her uh at least the the story that i understand and and was told to me and known to be true is you know she got pregnant uh, in another country um with her my father her then boyfriend um moved back to the states while she was pregnant um and i was born here 
Um, they didn't pursue um, any more of a relationship. And I have, I have no memory of him. He hasn't had any contact um, with me. And my mom then dated. We lived with my grandma for a little bit. Um, and my brother, um, I was about three and a half when my brother was born. Um, my mom also didn't, it was a single parent as well, um, did not pursue a relationship with his father. And I, I tell you this because in my work of healing the energetic body, it's important to know where things have come from. Your lived experiences is how you are living now. Your lived experiences that have not been healed. So I think it's important to preface a little bit of that history, childhood, um, and learned behaviors because it's important later on. You'll understand why I'm telling you a little bit of just kind of the basics of my, my upbringing. Um, my mom then met my, my stepdad, I think I was about in second grade. Um, so seven or eight, they lived together for a little while before they got married and then had three children together. I always felt a, um, I guess the way you would describe it now is kind of like creeper vibes. Um, from my stepdad, I never felt comfortable around him. Never, he never felt fatherly. Um, he always felt to me like, even though they shared a bedroom for quite some time towards the end, they did not, but, um, he always felt more like this roommate. Um, he was very distant. Um, and so pretty much my entire life, there was no male figure. Um, I was also raised, uh, my mom was raised Mormon, LDS, who was part of the, the Mormon church. Um, I was baptized at eight and we kind of went to church on and off. Um, but as I got probably more towards like middle school, um, like fifth grade middle school, we started to go to church a lot more. And uh, felt very fortunate to have uh, families that they're I, I see now in a lot of the dynamics of my friendships the father figures the fathers of those families very much became kind of my father figures um, and I look to them for examples and so wow I did not expect to cry um, I feel so fortunate to have had despite not really having a father figure I feel so fortunate to have had incredible men in my life to give that example. Oh, <laughs> you just never know when it's going to come, guys. Again, I've, I'll share the story a million times and have no emotions, but it's just interesting sharing it here. Um, and so I remember, um, like in middle school, I very much remember uh, when we talk about, you know, kind of your sexuality and, and a lot of shame around sex and intimacy, um, I remember very vividly feeling, um, feeling bad about myself in middle school because it, it was like, you know, it, it's kind of that weird time. Middle school kids are just fucking weird, right? Or it's like, there's, they're not quite children. You're not quite like more grown up, like, got acne, boobs are growing, butts are doing things, you're starting to get like stretch marks and stuff like that, and you're embarrassed of things, you're embarrassed of everything. Um, you have this false sense of what you think that you should be or people should be or 
it's God bless every parent and every caregiver who has ever nurtured a child through middle school is all I have to say, which I have one in middle school right now. So hallelujah, bless me too. (laughs) But um, growing up, going to church more often, there was a lot of talk about, you know, sex and really what's interesting is it's only glorified and even then it's not really even glorified it's just an act that's participated in within the sanction of marriage and they're like it's because you love one another there is no um speaking about uh pleasure there is no speaking about i think the full spectrum of sexuality and full spectrum of emotion that is associated with sexuality and there it is very black and white and a lot of religions are like this this is not exclusive to the mormon religion um and so here you know you kind of start into puberty and there's this idea that i remember feeling like i something was wrong with me boys didn't really seem to be very interested in me i was also like probably like a foot taller than all of them if you guys have ever met me in person um you know how tall I am, but I'm I'm just literally like a sliver shy of 5'10". So I'm a very tall woman. Um, and I'm just not somebody that's ever been like a, a slouch and hide myself. Like I have always been kind of, I've always felt like I've had this like uh, presence. I always feel like people will f- forget me. Like I, I'm like, oh, I didn't talk a whole lot. But everyone always remembers me. For the longest time I was blonde, I was this tall 510 blonde woman with a name Shalane. Like who fucking forgets that, right? So I don't know. I have this this I remember being a child and like not feeling like I wanted to be seen and I think that stems from getting again having the the creeper feel from the only consistent male role figure in my life. I did not want to be fully seen by men um because when I felt seen before, it felt disgusting to me. Like I, when I, when I say creeper vibes, like it, nothing to my memory, like nothing, um, no pedophilia, nothing of that nature ever happened. But I just had, I literally, I can viscerally remember in my body when I would be around him, this like shield would felt like it would come up around me. Um, like around my heart, around my space. Like I was very like, no, um, and as I got older, I made, I remember being very clear about that and very felt very like hard boundary, um, no interest in conversation, really no interest in like nothing, even though, I mean, we lived in the same home and w- so what was interesting is all these girls are starting to get attention, right? Boys and girls are starting to like each other. And I feel like I don't want to be seen, but I do. I want to feel love and affection, but I don't actually want to be seen. And this is where I first noticed that dichotomy. And I I think because anything sexual, having any sort of feeling like, you know, you know what I'm talking about where you're like, ooh, like as a woman, you're like, yes. Like now I recognize like that's being turned on and being... Um, your your physiology, your body responding to emotions and feelings, right? You're like, mm, I'm just going to cross my legs real quick. Like that feels delightful and also confusing to somebody who is 12, 13 years old and does not want to be seen. And it's like, what the fuck's going on with my body? And 
because it was always spoken in such a way that it was bad. It was, you know, that you should feel guilty, that you should feel shame for having any of those feelings. I remember being like younger and, you know, your, your, your pants rub you the right way and you're like, ooh, and then feeling guilty for feeling that. Something that, I, I, again, I didn't really have any control over. And so it kind of morphed into, as I got into um, more high school, same type of thing, like friends with a lot of a lot of the guys, I always kind of deemed myself like, I always got along with men better than women. That was something that was very much felt applicable to me. And I know a lot of you ladies that are listening can relate, um, where you feel I would have like, I, would have, I knew a lot of people, I was friendly with a lot of people. Um, I would get invited to a lot of things, but I felt like I really had like eh, a hand, like a small handful of friends, like I can count on one hand, and no boyfriends. I'm, and I even remember being 16 years old, and the first boyfriend I had, because he wanted to spend a lot of time with me, it made me uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable to be seen, but I wanted to be seen essentially so badly but that dynamic of when I was I then felt shame and so a lot of our society in general though is right like these these perceptions that if you are you know sexually active then you're a slut you're a whore you're you know you're quote-unquote bad right that there's like you don't not have any self-control like all of these things and instead of understanding that you will constantly be in this exploration of self, which includes sexuality, because that is a part of who you are. It's not just an act that is done between two married people. And as it kind of evolved more into adulthood, I recognized I would seek out um, relationships and, and want the... I felt... Because, again, wanting to feel wanted and seen, but when I did, it felt like it was very vulnerable. Like I needed to keep my guard up because if I let it down, something could happen. That that's a fear that I remember having. And um, and I know that for a lot of people, it's very similar. They have a hard time really letting people in, even friends really having conversations besides, you know, what's going on with your family, what's going on with your kids, like any activities, but actually having conversations that go deeper than that feels like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll understand. I don't know if they'll, and not really even wanted to, to explore that for yourself. And religion in general doesn't really promote self-exploration. It, it glorifies giving everything to others. Right, community above all else, and always this return to one person. And while it's interesting because I, I believe now that we are all connected, but I also believe that we are all connected because we are all part of Source. We are all um, godlike in in the flesh, essentially. Like we. We all have this ability to have the, I guess, um, Christ-like energy. 
And instead of it being taught that way, what's taught is any type of, you know, association with the, the physical is bad and it's of the devil. And there, you know, come, you know, early adulthood, I didn't really uh, feel connected to religion in that way anymore. I, I hadn't for a long time. And I remember the kind of the tipping point for me um, for around, again, like sexuality and shame. And it just felt, I always felt to me like the message was really fucked up <laughs> just across religions in general, um, a lot of religions, but specifically the one that I, I grew up in because again, it, it glorifies it de- I shouldn't say that it demonizes all, all feeling of intimacy. It really only promotes it. And even when you think about in marriage, there's a lot of marriages that are unhappy and it glorifies staying and it glorifies, you know, you should do this for your partner. This is a way that you show love. And I think it blurs the lines of vulnerability and intimacy for the physical act of sex. And so this one particular instance that was kind of the tipping point for me was um, I went to church. I wore a denim skirt. It was the 90s, guys. It was really cool. Okay. It's coming back. I now also have a denim skirt. So if that isn't a... I thought about it when I was... Last night I was laying in bed and I was like, I think I really need to record this podcast. I think I'm ready. And... I, that story had popped into my mind and I was like, um, I for sure have an almost identical denim skirt. It's a little bit shorter though. <laughs> so this denim skirt was probably about to my knees. Um, and then this t-shirt, I can't remember, kind of graphic t-shirt, you know, and, and a necklace. And I was like 15 years old and 15, maybe 16 right in there. Um, so again, you know, all all my body parts are covered. Like I'm not overtly sexy. It's not super tight. Um, I think it was actually a below the knee jean skirt. Um, And I, you know, just walked into the the congregation or whatever and didn't, didn't do anything. But after church, my mom was furious and not furious with me, but she was like, I need to talk to you about something because something was said. And I was like, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> I mean, I don't think at that. I've always had a bit of a potty mouth. So I, I always, always really liked me a good swear word, even no matter how much church I went to. That should have been my first sign. <laughs> but um, I, she says, I was pulled aside by one of the member, members of the bishopric, which is kind of like a... Um, you're not familiar it's kind of like the priest or, or something like that kind of the head of the congregation and um and was told that to talk to you about your dress because he noticed from the pulpit that when you got up and walked to the bathroom and walked back a lot of the the older men's heads turned and so um i needed to have a conversation with you about you know dressing a little more modestly mind you again t-shirt, denim skirt, down to my knees. And it infuriated me. I mean, she was mad too because because of the same reason, but it infuriated me because I was like, I'm a kid. 
Are you having any of these fucking conversations with all the men that their heads turned? What kind of conversation are you having in the male congregation, in the male you know, audience about respecting women and not looking at women in such a way that it's always sexualized, right? And so this for me was a, a big tipping point because I was like, how fucking dare you? How dare you? Because I know that conversation was not had. I was the, the Eve tempting to bite the apple, you know, if you're, we're going to get biblical. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was so irritated because of, but also felt, it's a, again, like emotions are very strange, also felt really good because I felt very Again, I wasn't really getting attention from boys, so, but I was getting attention from all these older men <laughs> and had kind of always been that way. The, and so then what transpired was as I got older, I did have a tendency to always gravitate towards older men um, and really utilized sex as a way for connection. Because again, I, I related that, okay, when I like somebody, I, I start to feel something, but to actually emotionally open up and have a real intimacy where you see who I am and not just my physical, for me, the response, right? The, the essentially a trauma response was it, it does not feel safe to be seen. I feel like I could be attacked. I feel like something could happen if I let my guard down. And so I continued to pursue and find and attract men who were emotionally unavailable, right? I wanted the intimacy, but because I was also not emotionally available, I ended up always feeling frustrated because it ended at anything physical. I recognized that this, this is why, you know, when we, I talk about healing and I talk about healing your, your you know, shame and fear and guilt, you have to look at it from so many angles it's not just shame about, you know, how you feel about yourself, like when you're dressed up and you maybe talk negatively, like it really took me a long time to piece together a lot of these experiences and where it actually stemmed from. That being seen for who I am, opening up about who I am stemmed all, stemmed all the way back to childhood, all the way back to, you know, six years old. Maybe even before that, but that's the first one that I can really recollect feeling that way. And now as an adult, I'm literally just perpetuating the same behavior. I'm seeking out a closeness and an intimacy that I don't know how to open up and to give. Because I have felt so much shame. Because then, because of my, um, my you know, religion that I was raised in, that... You know, any sex outside of marriage is bad. So now I feel all this shame for being intimate and having sex with partners. And I would, but that is the only way that I felt loved. And so here is this dynamic of like wanting and seeking love and feeling like I physically find it and feeling like, okay, this is it. This is intimacy. 
this is this is what they're talking about. This is what church talks about. When you really love somebody, that's when you have sex with them. Are you are you kidding me? No, <laughs> anybody can have sex, but not everybody can be vulnerable. Not everybody can can really strip down to, and and feel bare. And I don't mean physically. I mean like as a as a human and be seen. That feels really fucking scary. It's way scarier than having sex. Sex actually feels easier. I feel like I'm really good at it. <laughs> but being seen, communicating what's going on to somebody that might tell me that they don't love me or not feel the same back, that feels fucking scary. Feels really fucking scary. And I know it can for so many of you too. Because I see it, I see it over and over with my healing clients. I see how, you know, being, feeling a lot of this shame around sex and different things like that, they're scared to say certain things because they don't want to come off a certain way to their, you know, clients. They are, and that's the thing is, this shame that we carry is not just about sex, it's about intimacy. It's about vulnerability. It's about when you express your most authentic self, you're scared of not being loved, not being accepted, being judged, or being taken advantage of getting hurt. And so I perpetuated the same, same cycle that my mom did. Let me find a partner that I feel a connection with. And what's interesting is I think I felt for the first time what giving authentically and giving freely my love was when I had a child. I had never felt that before. Now the problem with children is they they do give love freely. You know, your your children really just it's a completely different type of love and if you have never had a child it's really hard to explain but for those of you who have you'll know. You know what I'm talking about. The thing is they don't have the emotional capacity to actually have uh, an emotionally intelligent conversation about what they're feeling. They can't identify what they're feeling. Similar to like when I was a child and these things were going on and I internalized them that I had to keep myself safe, right? Same thing. So as much as it felt like for the first time I could actually give love, it wasn't until um, I, I began to work on releasing a lot of shame I recognized every time I no matter if I had the same partner no matter if I was seeing somebody dating somebody no matter if I had a one-night stand like it didn't matter what it was I felt shame around sex again it could have been it could have been a boyfriend could have been somebody that I had been sleeping with for a couple of years <laughs> and I still felt shame and felt confused as to the status of our, our of how they felt every single time after we had sex because I lacked the emotional capability to let somebody in and feel intimacy, which was only perpetuated by religion that feels uncomfortable. I think it's a, sex is always an uncomfortable thing to talk about. And so they're like, well, when you love somebody, that's when you have sex with them. Well, what about all the other things? You just don't, it's not just, just love. It's not just Feeling, and a lot of times when you're younger, you confuse lust for love. So here we have this cycle of people that are seeking love, seeking validation, seeking to be seen. And 
when they feel seen, it's through physical intimacy, not emotional intimacy. How about we talk about that? You know, how about we teach how to communicate our feelings? How about we teach being able to hold space for other people? How about we teach less judgment? How about we teach boundaries in religion? And I mean, just in general, how about do that in school? That would be really helpful. I feel like, you know what? Fuck calculus. Who really needs that? Let's teach emotional competency. <laughs> but, but really, it, it then as I began to look at why I was feeling shame, I'm like, why do I keep, I was literally attracting the same, it was like the same person in a different meat suit. Like it, it, it was crazy because some of them actually even looked quite a bit alike. And I was like, maybe I have a type. And I was like, I really don't actually have a type, but I do have this magnetic attraction for them of I'm not emotionally available. They're not emotionally available. Perfect. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys remember that from uh, uh, The Parent Trap? Like the original one. I think the Lindsay Lohan one did it too. But anyways, um, I, I then began to do what's now called by a lot of people like the work. Essentially, this is really when I started doing healing work. I recognize the first time I actually did any active healing work was right after my son was born. I was 23 years old and it was literally like I had gone, I'm, I'm not for birth control, um, in the sense of, um, using it to, I mean, I, for myself, um, for myself, birth control just was not for me. Um, which was interesting. I, I could care less about if other people wanted to do it. Um, I was not, you know, really not judgmental about it. I, I read up and researched a lot of, you know, the pros and cons and long term, I just, I really wanted to be a mom and I didn't want any issues. Anyways, after my son was born, this was my first healing act. I got an IUD. I got an IUD put in because it was like, um, it was like literally like source universe God to me. When I say God, I, I mean kind of source energy. Um, it's masculine, it's feminine, it's, um, all that is, uh, I don't know how else to kind of describe it for me, but it was, so when I say God, I don't mean in the religious sense. Um, not attributing it to a religion, but it was literally like God was yelling in my ear, like, this is what you need to break generational trauma. This has to happen because my grandma, um, was also a single parent for a lot of her life. Um, my great grandma. So, um, there's a podcast episodes, um, towards the, the beginning, uh, starting date of this podcast that I talk about that, but, um, I'm technically a fourth generation single parent and I, um, did not piece any of these things together until my son was born. And there was too many similarities between my mom's experiences and my own. 
and I was like, it stops here. And so then my next, uh, I did some other things, but really my next act of healing around, specifically around um, shame and sex and, and all these things that I've been talking about, um, was I began to, I, I had to cut out behaviors that I had learned that gave me the emotional and physical, what I thought the physical and emotional satisfaction was, but I recognized it was not actually feeding my spirit. It was draining my energy. It was making me replay the shame and the trauma. And as a consequence, I was replaying kind of this, this shame and, and trauma, even in my business, which is why I do what I do now and help people like heal their trauma so they can build businesses not to re-traumatize themselves. Um, and I, I started to date myself. I went out on, on dates with, you know, men and, and things like that, but I, I started treating myself what I could perceive the highest version of me would want. Um, it was, it meant no, no sex, not even with a friends with benefits like, no, it meant saying to them instead of ghosting them. Cause that was easiest. I had learned that because I, I couldn't emotionally communicate well, because again, I thought physical intimacy, you, you loved me. And it's interesting to look back because at the time, that's not technically what you think, but that's actually what you feel and how you interpret things. So hindsight's always twenty twenty. Because um, I was like, it's not really that black and white. Feelings are never black and white. They're like fucking a million shades of color. Um, but I was like, the, it conf- the physical intimacy confuses my emotional body and my spirit which means I cannot partake in physical gratification until I can effectively emotionally communicate. And because I couldn't emotionally communicate, if I didn't really like somebody, I would just kind of ghost them. (laughs) Um, And not in a, I feel like, we're like, you don't owe anybody anything. Well, if somebody is calling you because they really have feelings for you and stuff like, you actually do, I think, need to communicate because otherwise you're behaving like a child, right? A child pouts and says, I'm not talking to you. Now, if you've expressed your needs and your boundaries and you've expressed your, you know, I'm not moving forward with this, blah, 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 and they still continue, then you don't owe them anything. But just to go somebody to go somebody, um, I recognize was... Again, the part of me that didn't want to be seen, the part of me that didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. The oldest of five, I was always taking care of somebody. Um, I was always like the mama bear of every friend group, um, of every, you know, and so I, I had to say to them, I really enjoy your company. I think you're a great person, but I'm just not feeling that connection. We can still be friends if you're interested, but I know you know, I, I recognize that and that's okay if we're not. And the more I was able to communicate what I actually wanted, needed was feeling the more clear I was actually on how I want, what I wanted, needed, felt. And so it was this beautiful kind of unveiling that allowed me to be like, 
Oh, yeah, I actually don't really feel shame around sex. I don't feel bad that I did any of these things. It was a part of me that was had been learned that I, I needed to feel connection. And just from my upbringing, that was the ultimate form of love. And it allowed me to practice forgiveness and grace for myself in a way that I had never been able to do. So I started to really date myself. I would, you know, get flowers when I, just because I would, you know, treat myself to, you know, a new outfit or I would go take myself to lunch, um, you know, go out, like, like how a lot of couples have like a date night every week. I would have like a night where I would go out with, whether it be my girlfriends or whatever, but I would go do something that didn't include the kids, you know, once every other week, once a week, something like that. I really began to take time for myself. And, um, and this really crazy thing started to happen. The type of people that I started to attract changed. And which is where, when I met my, my now fiance, Matt, who's fantastic. He's an excellent emotional communicator. Um, I'm so grateful for him and so he feeds my soul in so many ways that I never knew that I needed um, and would never, would never ever in a million years thought that this wonderful of a person could be for me. I always thought that I had to settle because, and again, I didn't know it at the time that I was settling, but again, when none of your needs are ever met, and you feel like the only form of intimacy and connection that you're getting is physical, it feels like that's it. And the level of love and intimacy that Matt and I have is something that I wish everyone could experience. I wish everyone could see how playful and how silly and also how hardworking and how dedicated and how much fun it can be. And also that how safe it can be to express how you feel how alive you can feel when you do when you feel like no parts of you have to be hidden anymore you find somebody who really loves all pieces of you no matter what they look like he even doesn't really want me to get any botox <laughs> he's like no you don't ha- you're it's fine you don't have any wrinkles you're so beautiful and i was like i see the giant lines across my forehead. (laughs) And that's the thing is when you do this work, when you do work around healing shame, when you do work around healing things that have happened in your childhood that are still playing out as an adult, you begin to live a completely different life. Your business fucking changes. Your life changes. Your friends change. How you interact with your family changes. Like, Life can be so sweet and so wonderful and it doesn't have to be at the expense of who you are. And I'm, I'm grateful for those of you who have listened to the end and listened to my story. Um, I hope this really resonated with you and made you feel safe to express your truth safe to look at the parts of you that have you've maybe left unseen because it felt scary safe to start again to choose differently to be devoted to yourself first your happiness your joy 
and to not allow society judgments of others to cloud and pollute your physical experience, your emotional experience, your energetic experience for anything other than beautiful. There's nothing that's bad. Release the judgment around sex and around intimacy and around your body and around sensations and emotions. When, when you start to witness them for in all of their spectrum, you begin to feel a little more in awe and wonder at how beautiful we are, that we have these mechanisms where we're like, this really just was a mechanism to keep me safe. I was only, I was keeping people at bay because it felt unsafe to be seen. How amazing is that, that your, your body is so smart, your energy is so smart, your spirit so intelligent that it can do all of these things. That's my prayer for you, is that you, you do move through a lot of those things that have held you back in childhood. If you do need help with that, it's literally my job. I would love to help you um, move through some of those things. You can always book a healing session. Um, I would love to see you. I would love to help you. Um, and until next time, cheers.